Hello and welcome to the Wild Wormhole, where much like the card, you never know what you're gonna get. I'm your host, D House, here with the one and only J Bray Jim. What's up, Jim? What's up? I'm the bot booked into your Wild Wormhole. It's great to be here. <laughs> so great. Uh, I played a guy online, like a random TCO game. And uh, literally just ran like a random, which I never do. But I just was like, I just want to play some Keyforge. And the first thing, like we had said nothing. We didn't even say like, hey, good luck, have fun or anything. All all he said was, uh, I'm surprised I'm not playing a, a four four times bot booked in deck. <laughs> That's all he said. I was like, I take it you've listened to the show. He said yes. <laughs> so that was cool. I, uh, shout out to uh, my TCO opponent there. But anyways... You are here, uh, Wild Wormhole episode 23, the Michael Jordan of Keyforge episodes. That's right. And since we're the goats when it comes to Keyforge podcasts, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> yes, that's us. Um, speaking of which, fun random fact, I actually met Michael Jordan's son at a basketball camp, and we played together all week. And on the final day of the camp, Michael Jordan came and watched us play. That's incredible. That's a that's a that's like my one of that's like my one like cool story I have. Did you dunk on his son? No, I missed two free throws in front of him. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, anyways, <That's> right. <laughs> uh, speaking of missing free throws, we got a great segment later on uh, in the show called "How to Lose at Keyforge." Uh, but before we do that, uh, let's talk about our Keyforge endeavors uh, okay. and and what we've been doing Keyforge wise. Uh, first of all, we, we finished up Coat 5, uh, Team Wormhole. We went 4-2. and two. Woo woo! I don't know what final place we ended up in. Do you know? I think it was like 25th. Okay. Out of like, how many? 95. 95. Yeah. Okay. It's respectable, right? Uh, yeah. There were some 4-2s and twos in the in the top cut, weren't there? There were. Yeah. Just, you know, it wasn't us, and that's okay. Yeah. Tiebreakers. Um, but yeah, that was. I like the strategy though. It was it was a fun time. We got a, a newer guy to kind of get into some competitive keyforge, so it was a lot of fun. Yeah, we. Uh, so if you missed it, the the condition on the tournament was you have three team decks, and your total SAS score when you submit your decks at the beginning of coat five had to be less than two hundred. Um, so naturally, Jim chose a seventy eight, leaving me and our other two teammates to uh, have like nothing to work with. You still had 122. That's like about the same, right? <laughs> sure. I don't know. You're the math guy in this group. Oh yes, I am the math guy. I'm so good at math. You have no idea. Um, well, we tried to we tried to get cheeky with it, so we we're like, oh well, if we pick two amazing decks and one just terrible deck, we'll guarantee ourselves two wins and be fine. Uh, and needless to say, that didn't quite work out to a <laughs> 6-0 run to the finals. But it was a fun strategy for me, at least. I won a lot of games, so it was great. <laughs> Yeah, it was fun. I ended up, uh, what was fun is I, I ended up playing a deck that our new teammate uh, brought in that had Six Semper Tribute, uh, Triple Wild Wormhole, uh, which is just hilarious. Um, and it, the deck can go off or it can like just fizzle and die. Uh, but in one of my games, I did play against a, a t uh, another captain who was also running Triple Wormhole. So there were six Wild Wormholes in our game. Um, and that was amazing. Which uh, is truly peak Keyforge. It is. You can't get much better. Uh, but anyways, so yeah, that was fun. And so, uh, well, what do you think of the format? Like the SAS limit? What do you think? 
thought it was interesting. I really enjoyed that it, it forced you to kind of figure out your own team strategy. And uh, I, I think it gave a lot of creativity to the players. And I think it sometimes can get stale when it's just like Archon Solo. So you're just literally bringing your best deck. Um, this one, you know, you had to work with your teammates to kind of make the best unit you could. Um, so I really like that. I also liked that it was very random with who you played each week. So uh, we were all like assigned a color essentially. And so like I was the blue player for our team. And so I played every blue player. So it was just kind of, it was almost random rather than getting to put like your best deck against their best deck. So it was kind of, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a unique strategy. What about you? What did you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. I know, Sass is not perfect, and especially we know with Mass Mutation, it's like it's even throwing more curveballs, which is great. But I do like, like you said, it's like I it can get real boring if all you do is play bangers and you know or adaptive. Like adaptive is a great way to get around that, but it it's still I don't know. I, I like I like formats that make me look at my deck list a little bit more and be like. Hey, could this succeed in like a limited environment? Then you know maybe maybe it can uh, force me to learn decks that I wouldn't know. Like so now it's like if I ever played Doctor F Ivy Port uh, again, like I know uh, you know what it does and how it fails and all that stuff. I think um, so. I I did like I did like the limit. Um, I uh, what is it? Uh, Mortivas runs the Tesla format where at each round of the tournament. Um, it switches from like Archon to Reversal, so like, oh. so that's another one where it's like kind of similar to Adaptive, but you take the chain bidding out and you just. I, I think that's another fascinating one to uh, to try. I've never been able to play in one because of the the timing of it, but I thought that was that's a unique. Interesting... So do you keep the same deck each round, and so just yeah. one deck. Oh, interesting. Okay. So you 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 lock in your deck, and then first round you play it. The next round you have a different opponent. And that opponent plays your deck. Third round goes back to keep your own deck. So, yeah. Tricky. Yep. Um, so, yeah. So, I, I thought that was cool. I think it was interesting. I think in six rounds, all the teams we played were in Europe, I believe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, somewhere in Europe. I, I mean, I don't remember playing anybody who was actually on U.S. time. So, we're so finding, like, time times when, like, you know, all of our players could play each other was a little tricky. So, that was... A little bit challenging, I'd say, at times, but uh, overall, I think it it worked out in the end. We, you, you know, you have a whole week to play your your league match, which which works out well. Um, so, yeah, uh, definitely. so yeah. Well, Coach Six is right around the corner. That's right. Uh, mm-hmm. Which has has affected your KeyForge endeavors. It really has. I can talk about that one in a little bit if you wanted to uh, talk about yours first. Uh, no, you go ahead. Okay, sweet. Um, well, I'll start with Code 6 then, just because it'll kind of lead into what I've been doing with Keyforge. Um, so just kind of how Code 5 had the stipulations of, you know, your three decks can't be over 200 SAS when you register your decks. Uh, this one's, uh, like, rules are the three decks don't have a SAS limit, but you have to bring one deck from Age of Ascension, one deck from Worlds Collide, and one deck from Mass Mutation. Um, so again, you can bring like all like 86s if you wanted to and be crazy or uh, more like Archon Solo, but with the team format of 
you playing like the best of each set. Um, and you're going to be paired with the same people who are playing your set as well. So for me personally, I know like as a team, wait, is that, are you sure that you're going to get paired up with the same set? Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to do it where, uh, you'll play within the same region to start out. Um, so where like during Cote five, we mostly played European players just happened to be that way. Cause it was randomized. They're going to try to put us into like pools of people who are from the same area. And then also you like, where I was given a color choice last time, like I was the blue player for our team. This next tournament, I'll be the AOA player for our team. Oh, okay. I'm fairly certain, I'm fairly certain that's how it was. Uh, I, if I'm wrong, somebody fact check me. I kind of like um, mixing up the sets, though. I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I just think it like helps out with the what deck do you bring policy. Just You think like, okay, what would be the absolute best deck in sealed? Um, so I think it kind of limits things that you have to worry about helps you kind of choose a deck. So there's a little bit more uh, thought that goes into it than just what deck is kind of the catch all beats everything. Okay. Um, yeah. So it could get in. I mean, we'll see. Um, but yeah, like as a team, I feel like AOA is definitely our, our weak point as far as having crazy decks. From I, set. I feel like I for most teams, that's going to be the, for, exactly, exactly. So, uh, Kevin uh, and I, Kevin's the other teammate who plays with us quite a bit. He uh, he and I have been looking on decks of Keyforge for just things that we find interesting and just kind of playing them. So I feel like over the past two weeks, I've almost strictly been playing Age of Ascension. And it's been <laughs> awesome. I've really enjoyed it. It's been fun to kind of go back and like relearn some of the cards and play strategies. And uh, this one deck, I think I'm 12-0 and 0 with it now. But it's like this 67 rated deck. It doesn't have any crazy gimmicks. It's just fast and it gets lots of amber. And it has like a couple, it's not a gimmick necessarily, but just like cheeky plays you can kind of do. Um, but it kind of just feels like a race deck. And I really enjoy it. And it's not super high rated, but I, it's it's been fun to kind of test these out and just kind of see what might work in this format. So. Yeah, I'm, I have a feeling we're going to see a lot of Martian Generosity and maybe some Heart Ooh. of the Forest. Yeah, I'm hopeful there's no heart of the forest. I know there's kind of some issues with uh, games lasting too long, oh, geez, uh, yeah. five especially. So uh, I hope that's not the case, but who knows? But yeah, Martian generosity I think is going to be everywhere in Age of Ascension. Yep. Um, so. Well, yep, cool. So we're just prepping for Code Six. Um, for me personally, I you know Mass Mutation came out, and I I played so much KeyForge over the course of like three weeks and stare at decks at Keyforge all day to see what I wanted to buy off the secondary market. I, I got a little, I feel like I got a little Keyforge burnout. And so I just kind of took a break and um, ended up playing a lot of Marvel Champions, which is like a completely different experience because <laughs> it's deck building, it's it's uh, cooperative, it's not competitive. And so I could play solo, I could play with a friend, I could play on TTS or whatever. And it was a really good break. It was a good palate cleanser, and then just kind of reached the point where I was like, okay, now I can now I can play some more competitive again. So, I like I like having that balance in my gaming world. I feel like there's a lot of KeyForge players that also play Marvel Champs um, who have that same experience. So, um, but yeah, even you and I played a little bit too. But we did. Uh, Got our butts whooped, but uh, it was fun. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but uh, in the midst of all that too, um, I. Uh, I so Sanctimonious podcast they 
uh, have been running a league. It's a high SAS reversal league. Um, so you have to bring a deck that's at least 70 SAS and then reversal so you, your opponent plays it. And so I made it out of the group stage as the second in my, uh, in my group. And uh, I'm in the top four. I actually have my top four match uh, probably either tonight or maybe in a couple days. Uh, we're, we're trying to work that out. But um, So, yeah, somehow I have a deck that's good enough to have a high sass, but um, it, it's a little, little tricky to play. It's got some, got some combos in it that it can go off, but and I think that's where the high scores come from. But it's very easy to like misplay, so uh, so that's been interesting. Sweet, yeah. I saw the deck that you you showed us um, when you, we all got really excited for you because I mean, top four—that's an awesome accomplishment. Um, and yeah, you showed us that deck, and I was like, this doesn't seem bad. Why would you give that to your opponent? But yeah, that makes a lot of sense for you saying just if you kind of play towards the combos, it could work. But more often than not, it's just not fast enough to make all of the combos like hit like they're supposed to so yeah so next time we record i'll I'll talk a little bit more about the deck that i brought and um you were allowed to switch each game i just stuck with the same one um but i'll talk a little bit about why i chose that one and and some of those things um so yeah we'll come back to that yeah tune in next week for david the champions uh calling calling a shot he's gonna win this whole thing it's gonna be incredible (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> but we decided to do a little segment tonight in episode 23 called How to Lose at Keyforge. This uh, might be my new favorite segment. <laughs> so we, I ended up in some situations and I lost a couple games uh, for a few different reasons. And it got to the point where we were kind of laughing about it. We're like, you know what? This might make a great segment on a podcast and talk about all the ways that we lose at Keyforge. <laughs> and maybe, just maybe, it might help somebody out there uh, not lose at Keyforge. Learning from my mistakes. So uh, so we're going to hit a little bit of uh, some of those maybe pitfalls that uh, will get you, uh, get you a nice loss at Keyforge. The first of all being, of course... Thinking you know what the card says, and then just going on autopilot. You ever done this? Mm. You ever done that, Jim? Most games, especially when I have to hit that manual mode button. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this is really easy to do. I really really like in person, but then like TCO actually holds you accountable, because I feel like in casual games, sometimes it's easy to just be like, oh, I know what this says, and you play it, and you just play it however, and then you play it online, and you, you try to do it, and then all of a sudden... It doesn't do what you think it's supposed to do. And you're like, wait, what? And then you read it closer <laughs> and you realize, such as Six Semper Tyrannosaurus is a Saurian card that I was using in the Coat League. And I it has Tribute in it. So the combo is you play Tribute. You capture uh, two to four Amber on, your, uh, on one of your guys. And then play Six Semper, which destroys... Uh, the most powerful creature, and then you get all of the amber on that creature. And I, <laughs> so because I'm I'm bad at reading cards sometimes, I accidentally played it one game. 
uh, learning to play this deck where I thought Six Semper said destroy your most powerful creature and return all that amber to your to your pool when in fact it says destroy the most powerful creature in play as in your opponent's creatures too um so i double tributed onto uh uh one of my guys i think he had five power and then i you know and i exalted to do that so he's got at least five amber on him i'm really excited because i'm like this is the blowout play like i'm gonna like burst to this second key or whatever six tempered and then tco only highlights uh, my opponent's creature, and I go, wait, what? And I read the card, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's the most powerful creature, not my <laughs> most powerful creature. And so I had to do it and tuck my uh, tail between my legs, as my opponent probably thought I was stupid and ignorant and should probably quit Keyforge altogether. Sounds like he and I would be good friends. <laughs> um, so anyways, so in a, in a weird way, TCO is actually held in this weird lockdown quarantine season i think it's actually helped me learn the cards better because it doesn't let me get away with not reading like it'll just punish me for not reading i dig it yeah i i've definitely dealt with that a lot as well especially anytime it says like uh like just your opponents um that one gets me a lot of times or um even just not really understanding cards i think like i'll read it and obviously like like, oh, of course is what this card means. Um, Lady Lorena comes yeah. to mind. <laughs> well, you had to be the one to teach me that because I think I can pull it up real quick and just read it because I'm sure others have also mis misunderstood this card. Um, so it's a six power, three armor sanctum creature that reads taunt. It says Lady Lorena's taunt also applies to its neighbor's neighbors. And you're like, okay, cool. Sounds good. So Lady Lorena has taunt. And then the neighbors of your neighbor also has taunt. And that is a big not true. Um, <clears throat> you'd be wrong. It's okay. But so essentially, Lady Lorena is taunting for two creatures on the left side of her and two creatures on the right side of her. The neighbor's neighbor doesn't have taunt. It is just currently being hidden behind a taunted creature. And that's another one that messed me up hardcore. Yep. Yep, I, and I don't think you're the only one who has uh, messed that one up. I feel like there's a few people I've seen that have been corrected on that. But If we need, like, a Lady Lorena support group for all of those who have, like, misread that card, like, I'll start that. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah, that is another way to lose at Keyforge. Um, <laughs> speaking of mass mutation, another way to lose at Keyforge is forgetting about the new cards that give an amber at the start of a turn. So, so gambling then we kind of saw it a little bit, but that was always like a gamble. It wasn't guaranteed, but mm -hmm. then mass mutation dropped these, these new cards, uh, that can surprise you. I'm going to read a couple of them. Uh, so form of giants is a new Saurian artifact gives you a amber when you play it. And uh, it's a nice artifact. At the start of your turn, the player who controls the most powerful creature gains one. That's it. Gains one. So um, that's that's an important one. Another one. So keep just store these away for now. We're gonna we're gonna talk about a couple of them. Novo Novo Dynamo 
Eight power uh, Logos creature with two armor. Robot, at the start of your turn, you may discard a Logos card from your hand or archives. If you do, gain one. Otherwise, destroy Novu Dynamo. Okay, pretty straightforward, right? Yeah, that's uh, good. Then we've got uh, Anthony, uh, which I don't even know how to, I can't spell it, so I don't, it's got that <laughs> weird. Uh, it's always Anthony. I don't even know. Anyways, so that's the one. You capture all your opponent's armor, and then at the start of, uh, or at the end of your turn, you return one to them. So it's like a slow leak back amber to them. Uh, so you and I were playing in a game, and it was two keys to two keys, and I saw, oh, wow, you only have five amber, um, and I have a huge bursty burst turn with uh, one of my houses, and I was looking, I was like, I could finish my turn with two keys and 13 amber, and you've got no way to pull me down, and I'm just going to wreck your face and make you sad, and you'll cry yourself to sleep tonight. Um, or I could go with shadows, go up to like, you know, six or seven amber, and pop the miasma bomb, making you skip your forge a key step. I was like, that's lame. I want to go big or go home, so let's, you know, burst up because you only have five amber. And then I clicked end my turn. And all of a sudden, the confetti went up on TCO and told me that I lost the game. And I had no idea why until I looked over and I saw the form of giants in your artifact line. And I realized you controlled the most powerful creature. You got an amber at the very start of your turn, and then you forged your last key at six. And then D-House was very sad, and he went to bed, and he cried a lot. It was great. That's right. I loved it. That's the night I quit (laughs) Keyforge. I quit Keyforge a lot, actually. Yeah, so Form of Giants causes people to play Marvel Champions is what I'm hearing. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> so anyways, those are cards that like now I, I am trying to mentally track because it, it, it takes losing one game to be like, I am not forgetting uh, these weird things again. Uh, yeah. So You know that makes me like personally want to pull it off on you one more time, right? That will never happen. I can, I'm telling <laughs> you right now. Ain't, pop, ain't happening. <laughs> yeah that is one i think with mass mutations especially there's so many just little bitty triggers in every one of the cards it's not like the tmtp blowout of like steel seven amber in one play but each card does something kind of cheeky or like a little small little like prick of a like effect um it's like a like little like gotcha um and so yeah those cards are especially some of those where it's just kind of like messes with you. I feel like a uh, disc was always really good about that in like previous sets. Yep. Um, whether it was like succubus or like those little cards that don't seem that bad on the surface, but all of the effects kind of build up over time. And uh, yeah, those cards especially, I love them because I try to read cards and uh, know what they do. So yep, when you yep. do that. It's helpful. You want to hit that that uh, next little bullet point right after that. Yeah. <clears throat> so the next way that you can lose a key forge game is uh, sometimes if you uh, have this artifact out called Fangtooth Cavern, uh, that one's a really important one to know about because the Fangtooth Cavern at the end of your turn uh, destroys the least powerful creature. And sometimes the least powerful creature is a key frog and you allow your opponent to forge a key 
without meaning to. <laughs> That'll do. And it. sometimes that happens to me. <laughs> so, I don't remember the game, but I think at one point we had like double fang tooth cavern plus a key frog out. And it was just like, what are we even playing at this point? Um, so it's like, I couldn't really like play any creatures. And then like the key frog came out. It's like game over. Well, there's nothing else I can really do. Yeah. That's amazing. That um, was such like a funny game just to lose on. Like really this dang key frog, mostly because you love key frog so much. Like I cannot stress <laughs> key cheats and untamed, like just make David the happiest human of all time. So um, key frog came out. He was just like, that's my card. That's the one I'm going to win with that card. And like it was my life goal to never let David win with a key frog, and I did it with the Fang Tooth Cavern. <laughs> um, th- yeah, like the very day that Mass Mutation came out, uh, I had a couple guys at my kitchen table, and one of our friends hadn't really didn't really like w- look at spoilers at all. Like was playing it very brand new, and in his opening hand in his first deck, he had Eaton's Jar. And he was about to play Eaton's Jar, and he didn't know any of the cards in the set. So he's like, I don't even know what to call. And you lean over and just say, just call Key Frog. And he's like, okay, Key Frog. <laughs> and I literally had it in my hand, and I'm like, screw you. Then my first game of Mass Mutation. Like, come on. Um, um, speaking of Fangtooth Cavern, I, I feel like in general, like that's in my top five like hated cards in the game. Really, I love that card. Well, except my here's my here's my exception though. I pulled a deck in Mass Mutation. It's called Octavian of Aspen Parva Range. Old Octavian. And it has Fangtooth Cavern and Quixel Stone. Okay, cool. so it's like it's like a just straight up like middle finger deck to <laughs> anything that wants to play creatures. Um but the crazy thing about this is it still has a uh as an expected amber of twenty seven. Um, because, uh, sorry, my, my son's toys are like, like going off and making like pig noises right now. Um, <laughs> so it has a couple things. One, it has in star it has it's sorry in star Alliance untamed. It's got two copies of access denied, which is that, um, that upgrade that says you can't reap. So mm-hmm. even you get your like one or two creatures out and then I just slap access denied on them. And it's like, you just have to fight with it. You can't even reap. Um, it's got double ghost talk. So even if I only have two creatures out, like I'll be able to like go untamed and do that. It does have Key Frog. It has uh, Perfectus Ludo in Saurian and in Untamed, with a ton of like exalting effects, like uh, or capturing effects, like um, Spoils of Battle, uh, Fa- Double Faust the Great, Theros Centurion. Um, uh, yeah, just just a lot of like crazy stuff and lots of like. A couple like amber pips on creatures, so it's just uh, I don't know. It's it's one of those decks I've I've only played against you because <clears throat> I feel like people already hate Fangtooth Cavern and they hate Quixelstone. <laughs> so if I played this against a random person online, like like they might just like concede and leave because they don't want to like play against that. But if you're out there, people, and you would like to see this deck in action, please hit me up and say. Bring on the uh, Fangtooth Quixel Stone deck. Unless you bring, like, a Triple Hawk deck or something, then I don't want to play you. But <laughs> but if you're willing to do the mind games of Quixel uh, Fangtooth, uh, like, it just, it's a lot of fun. So, uh, anyways, sorry, just made me think of that. Um, final way to lose a Keyforge, not the final, but the final one we're going to talk about 
is uh, uh, my least favorite subject from back when I was in, in school, and that's math. Math sucks, and I hate math, and I hate counting things, and I hate taking the time to try to math everything out. And I could tell you that I've probably the ga- of the games I lose in Keyforge, I would say fifty percent of the games I lose because I, I I did the math incorrectly. Like I I I think that's a fair assessment. I think it's about fifty percent. Like if I sat there and actually took the time to math things out, I think I'd probably figure it out. But I am I I am too uh I play too urgently to to, to like stop and actually think about all the math. So. Unless I'm just in a real patient mood. But math will make you lose games at Keyforge. It will also help you win. But most of the time, it'll make you lose. Yeah, I love math. So I feel like 50% of the games that I've won, it's because I can occasionally do math. And it's like, hey, this works out. And you can only bring me down this much amber. And so therefore, I'll call this house and go to this number. And uh helps me kind of play around a lot of potential plays and uh won a few games like that so if you're good at math this game's great for you yeah no i chose the wrong game sorry man <laughs> <laughs> all right any final thoughts on how to lose at keyforge um you can always hit the concede button <laughs> an option that is a way you lose at keyforge yes <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can let your opponent forge three keys uh before you forge three keys oh my gosh uh but no that's about it these are some great dad jokes Keyforge dad jokes, Jim. This is what David has to deal with basically every day as we're playing Keyforge. Holy cow. (laughs) Okay, moving on. Um, We don't want to, like, dive too deeply into the next set because it's, like, a million years away. Um, And by a million, I I mean February. But uh, we did figure, like, "Ah, we could just do it slow. And so we just chose a Dark Tidings card. Just to kind of talk about for a minute. Um, it's also mandatory spoiler alert in case people don't want to know. But yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I'm going to talk about, uh, we're both going to talk about Unfathomable Cards, the new the new house with the sea creatures uh, that look awesome uh, and just super fun. Uh, but this one is called uh, Omni, Omnipus, Omnipus, like Octopus, Omnipus. Um, and Omnipus has, uh, eight power. He's a beast. Uh, Omnipus cannot fight. It has a play effect. It says discard the top eight cards of your deck, put each tentacle into play that was discarded this way. And then a reap effect that says gain one for each friendly tentacle. Oh, this looks, uh, super fun. Um, obviously I, we, ha- we haven't seen the tentacles, so we don't really know if that's good or not. Um, but it reminds me of Lord of the Rings, the LCG, also a cooperative, uh, game. Some of Marvel champs has a, uh, has a scenario called watcher in the water. And it's that scene when like the fellowship of the rings trying to get into the minds of Moria and like the, there's this weird, like sea creature hiding in in the pond and it just starts like attacking them and there's tentacles everywhere and and uh Gimli and Legolas and Aragorn they're all like fighting them off and uh the scenario itself is like really fun because there's just like tons of like tentacles coming from nowhere slapping you in the face and I just had this like image of the Lord of the Rings in Keyforge and it made me really happy so uh that's why I like this card 
Very nice. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see, like, will there be eight tentacles in your unfathomable deck if you have Omnipus? Like, I hope not. That'd be crazy. Well, Let's... yeah, and that's like, right? Because it's like, um, uh, like, what are some other, like, Plagrats, you know, that yeah. were sort of, or like Angry Mobs. It's kind of like, do you really do you really want that? So it's very interesting, like, what a tentacle will be. Like, will it just be like a one power creature that does nothing but you could reap with it like i don't know like i don't uh that'd be weird if it could reap like on its own um like if you like if this guy isn't in plane but in play but there's like a random tentacle just like flailing around <laughs> uh like i don't i don't know what that's about but uh so we'll see i'm i'm interested to see uh when they spoil that it looks like i think it's a rare so i don't think it's or probably Maybe, uh, maybe it's a special card, or maybe it cut like it triggers the special tentacles that come in. I don't know. Yeah, that would make sense. I mean, who knows? Maybe it could be an actual card, but it does sound like the tentacles will be kind of like a, a frog card, where it's just like a maybe like a one-one or something like that. That I don't know has some cool effect. Yep. Very nice. Well, I also chose an unfathomable card, and uh, my card is a sweet little rare card called the Chosen One. Uh, so the Chosen One is a nine power creature. If y'all have ever heard about power creep in my games, my goodness, the sheer power of these cards are wild to me. Um, but the Chosen One is an Aquan card, and it says instead of reading creatures they control during their ready cards step, your opponent deals one damage to the Chosen One for each exhausted creature they control. And I just love this card. I think any opportunity to like mess with your opponent so that they can't use their creatures on their next turn is fantastic. Um, I don't necessarily like love playing the huge board control game anyway in Keyforge, but the fact that there's cards out there that just genuinely mess with you, it just kind of creates this whole other puzzle where the chosen one could truly like you know, stall you out for two or three turns where you don't get to use any active triggers on your creatures. You know, if they have fight or reap effects, they just won't be able to. Yeah. Um, I love this card. And plus with the nine power, like anything you fight into it, for the most part is going to get killed unless you're fighting with Saurian creatures. So I don't know. This card seems super difficult to kill. Um, if there's any like parts of Unfathomable that lets you like heal your creatures, this card could theoretically stay out, you know, for three, four, five turns in a row, uh, which is just wild to me. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's really cool. And there's a few other cards that looks like an Unfathomable that kind of deals with exhausted creatures. So it seems like kind of a fun effect. Um, it makes sense that they're getting rid of this in this set because Unfathomable also seems kind of like a mess with you type of house. Yeah, like it wants so, to exhaust your creatures and... and uh... Like there's another car, card, Sleep with the Fishes, that it's like an action just destroy each exhausted creature. Um, so if you can manage to keep them exhausted, then that I mean that could Did be I like a blowout. It? Nope, I'm still here, still recording. You you there, Jimbo? Well, I know uh, I know you guys can still hear me. Um, so let's. Uh, I'm just gonna keep talking until uh, until he can hear me. Can you hear me again? I can. Welcome so, back. There you go. You're like I, I was talking the whole time. You said, "Did I lose you?" 
and everyone's going to hear oh. that on the podcast and think you're a fool. Interesting. Okay, that's okay. I am a fool, so story checks out. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> this is a little, little shorter than normal, but I think that'll about do it for us. Um, uh, oh, by the way, if you're out there and, uh, man, you open up a Shadows deck and you start looking through that, that uh, card list and you look upon the words bad penny and you just think oh man i just won keyforge world championships bad penny is the best card in keyforge and you just love playing key playing bad penny and you never discard bad penny and you just love bad penny well let me tell you call of discovery is the podcast for you that's the content that you 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 need to go absorb that's it. Wow. Call Discovery sounds great for people who love the card Bad Penny. Yeah. If, if that's you, if you are if you are a Bad Penny, let me tell you, turn the Wild Worm all off and, and go check out Call of Discovery because that's the kind of content you get over there. All right. That's quality right there. I also heard that uh, Call of Discovery did not celebrate National Puppy Day uh, because they're against puppies. So Wow. You can, you know, roll with them too. Okay. Yeah. If you hate puppies, go go listen to Call of Discovery. There you go. You heard it's it. It's for you. Yeah. This is this is quality <laughs> journalism right here. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's all I got. That's it. Jim. It. Your final thoughts on Keyforge? Final thoughts on Keyforge. Uh, I'm really enjoying Mass Mutations. I think it's been a fantastic set to kind of reinvigorate uh, the community, get everybody excited about Keyforge again, and really start thinking about, you know, what's good, what's competitive, um, or even just what's fun. I mean, there's so many those fun little combos and things you can look for. So I've really enjoyed it. It's been a lot of fun to kind of discover uh, more about the game. Um, so yeah, it's been good. What about yourself? Any last thoughts? No, I would say there's a lot of ways that you can play online. So take a risk. Go go play some online during this crazy quarantine season because who knows when we're going to be able to play in person again. I can't wait. First Vault Tour is going to have like 800 people because we all want to play in person, but it's fine. Um, but yeah, that's it. Love it. All right. Work. May, may, may all your future wormholes be truly fantastic well, and wild. we'll 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 see you in the next one peace bye